0: to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 23. Here's Pastor Ryan.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. I'm Ryan, everybody good? So someone left this on my desk, what is it, I mean on the pulpit, what is it, California Church wins massive settlement after standing up to lockdown, wow, Mike, no, no, John MacArthur won it, okay, cool, fantastical, awesome, praise the Lord, amen. we're living at a time where we must stand up for our rights, amen? Amen? And with all of that said, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Acts, chapter 23. We'll be beginning in verse 6. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again this morning for your goodness in our lives. You are the one true living God. Lord, there are no other gods but you. You made the heavens and the earth, Lord. Lord, you are the God of Moses. Lord, you are the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You're the God of the Apostle Peter, the Apostle James and John and Matthew and Paul and the others, Lord. And Father, we've gathered in your house, Lord, expectantly to hear from you. Not from me, Lord, but from you. Give us humble hearts to hear. Holy Spirit, overflow powerfully in this place. And guide us into your truths. In Jesus name we pray. And together we say amen. So it's been a while since we've been here. In the book of Acts. But just a a quick recap. Paul the Apostle. Is before the Sanhedrin. In Jerusalem. And the Sanhedrin. As you know. Is the religious Jewish. Council there. Paul. Paul during his third missionary journey, was moved to be in Jerusalem in order to testify of Jesus Christ. He had gone all over the world already. But in that third and final missionary journey, it was on his heart to go there. He actually said that the Holy Spirit was was pressing on him to get there. He had a love for his countrymen. But the Holy Spirit, as you know, warned him in every place that he went that what awaited him were problems, were troubles. Uh, Christians were even telling him that he would be bound and arrested. And and Paul knew it. He said, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but the Holy Spirit testifies that chains await me. And so he went to Jerusalem during the feast, uh, Pentecost. They did not receive his testimony. The Jews rejected him. They, in fact, laid hands on him beat him and would have killed him had it were it not for the Romans who intervened. So now Paul is in the custody of the Romans. And the commander, Lysias, wanted to scourge Paul to find out why the Jews were so upset with him. Until, of course, Paul let the centurion know, the Roman centurion know, that he himself was a Roman citizen. And that changed everything. Lysias, the commander, and all of them became fearful. Because it was against Roman law to bind and scourge an uncondemned Roman. So now Lysias, Claudius Lysias, the commander, now he wants to play by the rules because Rome is watching. This is a Roman citizen. And so he called the Sanhedrin and brought them and Paul together to find out why it was that they were so upset with Paul. And that's where we're at. He's he's addressing uh, the Sanhedrin. But one thing I want to keep, one thing that I want to bring to mind, I should say, is that Paul, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, whose citizenship is in heaven, didn't discard his earthly citizenship of being a Roman. He used his Roman citizenship, which he was birthed into, God-given citizenship, to work in his favor. And it's applicable for us as American today as Christians but Americans you and I our citizenship if you believe in Christ is in heaven as well but that does not mean that we discard our U.S. citizenship because of that we have certain inalienable rights in this country that have been given to us so it's applicable today when leaders in the Democrat party are trying to force upon its citizens vaccine mandates It's not about the vaccination, whether you take it or not. It's about the forcing of a medical procedure. And so you and I have citizenship here in the United States, and that citizenship is protected by the Constitution. So we must, I believe, look at Paul's example and say he didn't throw away his Roman citizenship, and so neither should we throw away our American citizenship. The 14th Amendment says, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of its citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws." Have you guys ever heard of the words religious exemption? I've heard it a lot lately. As a pastor, you can imagine. We've been uh, working on religious exemptions the past two weeks, uh, more than a few. And it's funny because I'm getting texts from people and I, and I wonder, do they even, they even go to church? But they want a religious exemption. And the issue really isn't an, a religious exemption. I think before we even get into our faith as Christians, it really is just our citizenship as Americans. In this country, things are different because of our Constitution. In other countries, they don't have that right. We, we are watching Australia, and they are locking people down. They are fining people. They are marking their homes as being unvaccinated. It's scary what happens in the world when you don't have the Constitution. And many from other countries have said, you guys have a wonderful document, but we don't have that. But here we have it. Not everybody in our story has Roman citizenship. But Paul does. And he says, hold on, before you scourge me, I'm a Roman citizen. And they all panicked. And they all began to tread lightly. The scary thing is that there's political leaders in our country who are trying to shred that document, trying to shred our freedoms, guys. So don't be afraid as Christians to stand up. And there are people within the church who say, oh, no, no, give up your rights, give up your rights. You know, I'm sorry, but I have uh, children. And we have grandchildren. And if we give up our rights, we're basically giving up their rights. So Paul's before the Sanhedrin, and it's not a friendly crowd, as you, can, as you know. When Paul had uh, begun to speak, the high priest that was there, he commanded someone who was standing near Paul to smack him in the mouth, and that's exactly what was done. They smacked Paul in the mouth. So it's not a friendly crowd. But we see here in verse 6 that when Paul perceived that one part... One part of the crowd were Sadducees, and the other Pharisees. He cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For Sadducees say there is no resurrection and no angel or spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. Then there arose a loud outcry, and the scribes of the Pharisees' party arose protest and protested, saying, We find no evil in this man. But if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. And so God, through the Holy Spirit, in the midst of this, group of Sanhedrin spoke to Paul's heart and he discerned wait a minute half the people in here are Sadducees and half of them Pharisees Paul would know he is a fair he was a Pharisee he knows that crowd he knows the division amongst them concerning miracles and angels and the spirit and and everything supernatural and especially the resurrection of the dead He knew that within the Sanhedrin, the Sadducees were that sect that believed that, you know, nothing happens to you after death. You don't go on anymore. You just perish forever. And that's it. That's what the Sadducees believed. But he, as a Pharisee, believed in miracles and spirit and resurrection from the dead. And so in seeing that, as Christians, we believe in the resurrection of the dead. Amen? Amen. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But it didn't end there. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He conquered death. Death, where is your sting? It had no bearings on Christ. He beat it. And he's at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. So that's what we believe as Christians. That's what Paul is preaching. And so he's brilliantly, by the Holy Spirit, I believe, is just saying half of you. This is why I'm being... Judged. It's for the hope of the resurrection of the dead. So there was a division amongst them, right? They said, hey, you know what? If an angel or, or someone has spoken to him, let's not fight against God. Let's receive it. They're all divided. And as I was praying about this message and seeking the Lord, the Lord spoke to my heart concerning the real division that exists even amongst believers concerning the resurrection. Hear me out now. What division? What division? What are you talking about? Not that there is a resurrection. Not that Christ was raised from the dead. We can all agree. All Christians, I mean, to be a Christian, you would have to agree that Christ died and rose from the grave. Amen? As Christians, we would all have to agree that when we die it doesn't end here. we're going to receive a new body. Amen. We're not taking this old body to heaven. We're going to get we all agree on that. But what I mean about division is the division between living a daily life with the consciousness of the reality of the resurrection practically in my life. The resurrection speaks of power. The resurrection speaks of new life. The resurrection speaks of exceeding joy, enthusiasm. The resurrection speaks of action, not inaction. Right? Death speaks of inaction. Resurrection speaks of living. And so that's what I mean by the division. I feel like within the church as a whole in the world, how many people are not living with this hope of the reality of the resurrection within their lives? Twofold, that they're one day going to receive a new body, and two, that they have resurrection power available for their lives every single day. Many Christians are held down by discouragement Many Christians are held down by depression and trials. But we must focus our affections on the reality of the resurrection. We need to focus on it. And, you know, I think as we rest every night, go to sleep and slip into unconsciousness, when we wake up in the morning, is it not like a mini resurrection? Yeah. And some days we wake up more groggy than other days. More grumpy and fleshly than other days. Not every day is our best day. That's for sure. But that's a reminder. Even when we wake up, there's so much in nature that reminds us of the resurrection. And Jesus pointed out the, the grain of wheat, how it dies and then is is buried. And it, it seems dead, but then it comes to life. And every night, it's a, there's so much in our... In creation, that reminds us that we should focus on the resurrection, so that we're not stuck with this kind of dead type of Christianity, but one that is exciting and enthusiastic and joyful and expectant for what God's going to do. Amen. And heaven is nearer than when we first believed. The Bible says, John would write in his in First John chapter three, verse two through three, he says. Beloved, now we children of God, or we are now children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, he shall, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself Just as he is pure. God says we're children of God for those of us who believe. And one day we're going to see him as he is. We're going to have a body as he has in heaven. And so rejoice in this hope. It should purify us. It should cause life. And so I desire my Christianity to be one of life. And excitement, dynamic. That doesn't mean that moment, every moment of my life I'm going to be this firecracker. But generally speaking, I should be fully excited about what God is doing today in my life. That's resurrection hope. Turn with me up to First Peter, please, chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. And give me an amen once you are there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away. Reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So we rejoice in the Lord, right? A living hope because of his resurrection. But it also says that he preserves us. He takes care of us by his power until the day we are with him. you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I mean, it's spelled out by the apostles time and again that our hope, that our, that our strength is found in the realization That Christ conquered death and the realization that we're going to be with him in heaven one day with new bodies. And he can come back for his church at any moment. As crazy as things are, we need to be ready. He can come back at any moment and we can change in a twinkling of an eye. Paul said there would be a generation that does not see death. That's crazy, but it's scripturally true. And I believe it with all my heart. There will be a generation that does not see physical death. Changed in the twinkling of an eye. Some of us have to get our things in order because it's coming. Concerning the resurrection, you know, Paul said a very powerful statement in Philippians 3.10. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. I mean, that's, that's a devotion goal it should be every day of our lives. Lord, as we seek him in prayer every morning, help me to know you and the power of your resurrection. Help me to experience it. May your power, the power of your resurrection manifest in my life. May you change me to be more like Jesus, the new life, the new man or woman. We don't want to stay the way we used to be. We want to be transformed by that resurrection power. And Paul said, that's what I want to learn about. That's what I want to know. I want to know it practically, intimately, and apply it to my life. I know no other way than to experience God's resurrection power than through daily prayer. Yeah. There is no other way. To come before him daily and to pray, Father, give me strength by your spirit. Empower me, overflowing with your spirit. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me. And daily we thirst and daily we hunger for more of his righteousness, for more of his power and ability to be loving to have the fruits of the spirit it takes time with the lord that's something that does not come natural love christ-like love is not natural it is supernatural christ-like peace is not natural it's supernatural christ-like kindness and goodness and holiness all of it is not natural but it is supernatural and it is found at the feet of jesus christ daily in our prayers in Romans 8:11, Paul would say, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The things that Christ asks us to do are beyond our pay scale. They are beyond our ability. They are higher than what we can do in and of ourselves. He says to love them with everything you have. Do we really do so? He says to love your neighbor as yourself. Do we really do so? He says a lot. And do we really do so? Or can we do so without sitting at his feet? Can husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church? Can wives submit unto their husbands as unto the Lord? Can children obey their parents? Can fathers admonish their children? Can we be good employees as he tells us to be? Can we be the most hopeful, cheerful bunch in the room without supernaturally sitting at his feet? Especially in these days, we need to sit there and not move. Sit there and not get up until he changes us. Until we sense the love of Christ in our hearts. And the proof that we are right with God is always in our love and the way we treat others with kindness and respect and dignity. It always is that thing. But it's also boldness. He gives us boldness to speak for his truth. So there was that division. Now when there arose a great dissension, the commander fearing lest Paul might be pulled to pieces by them commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him into the barracks but the following night the Lord stood by him and said be of good cheer Paul for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem so you must also bear witness at Rome That is a big statement from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm blessed that Jesus showed up at this time. I am blessed at his words to Paul, who no doubt was feeling discouraged. If the Lord had to appear to him and tell him to cheer up, then we can assume from that that he was downcasted, that he was discouraged. He traveled so far to get to Jerusalem and, And maybe after three missionary journeys and preaching all over the world, perhaps this time, this one time, his countrymen would receive the gospel and be saved. But no, it didn't work out the way Paul wanted it. And he was discouraged. And now he is in chains there, in chains to the Roman Empire. I wonder with his example, if we are willing today to face rejection and loneliness as he is feeling.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab.